No one react. Also, hey, listen, audience, I'm putting this bit at the beginning because I know I'm going to. You didn't react to my last joke that I put into the thing. So you're just not going to get an episode this time. I'm legitimately just going to play the music after this and I'm not going to put an episode in. Fucking test me. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, you can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my temporary co-host, September. Hello. I <laughs> am no longer August. I am temporarily September. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are they, them. Um, let's see, are we, what? How committed to this bit are we? <laughs> I'll be as committed, listen, I'll run a bit into the goddamn ground. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it's also, uh, your bit, you are at the reins of this bit, is not my name. <laughs> well, I mean... I've been joking forever that my middle name should be September, uh, so, you know, I guess I'm just going by my middle name for this episode. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's see, do we have any cartoon news? I haven't seen any cartoon news. No big new cartoons that I know of. Um. Yeah, I can't think of any cartoon news at the moment. There was some kind of thing in my brain that was going to be like, attention cartoon news and then talk about real news, but I can't remember what it is. Um, Jeff Bezos is comically a supervillain, and Amazon uh, has unionized their first warehouse. Oh yeah, that's true. Also, the first Starbucks store unionized here in Knoxville, Tennessee. <gasps> 
Yay. Eat shit, Starbucks. Hell um, yeah. Also eat shit, Jeff Bezos. Uh, I really need to start that podcast called Fuck Jeff Bezos and put it on the Amazon Podcast Network. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, there's a podcast called Megacorp that is like... 11 or 12 episodes long um that's all about like how shitty amazon is so it's a really good listen by the way nice is it on the amazon podcasting network where i think it's explicit that you can't be critical of amazon fuck if i know but it would be hilarious if it were yeah we need to we just need i need to start that as like a side project like a once a month project where i get like a leftist like person on to talk and just just, it's like an absolute fucking shit take like um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, oh, well, uh, are you watching cartoons, August? I have watched many things. Um, I've watched a bunch of video essays on it's YouTube. A mood, a fucking mood. Yeah. Um, the main one that I watched was a two- Two of three parts. Um, The first two parts are probably about like five and a half hours long between the two of them um, by this uh, person named Kaylin Conrad, uh, all about the gender critical movement and TERFs. Nice. It was very informative because uh, what Kaylin did was uh, create a fake persona to infiltrate like gender critical parents groups. Um, and like broke down all the ways in which the gender critical movement is basically a cult. Uh, Mm. I don't want to call it a train wreck because like the video essays themselves were very well put together, uh, and very informative, but like the gender critical movement itself is a, horrific ghoulish thing that I can't look away from uh so uh that was really good I also watched um a bunch of older folding ideas stuff uh Dan Olson's really good uh like I watched his uh World of Warcraft classic video which had me (laughs) nostalgic for uh Burning Crusade but we won't go there um But other than video essays, the main thing that Anya and I have been watching is uh, we started Our Flag Means Death, the gay pirate show Mm -hmm. uh, with Taika Waititi. Um, And it has some problems, but overall is very funny and very charming. Um, There is a fair bit of secondhand embarrassment based comedy in the first few episodes, uh, that lessens as the, the show goes on by like episode four. Um, it was fairly manageable. I think, um, I'm not sure. I particularly like the, the tone that they're striking with, uh, talking about the landed gentry. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, at the same time, pretty much all the characters are gay. Uh, it's very funny. Um, 
the ways in which they choose to be historically accurate versus the ways in which they choose to be anachronistic uh, creates a really fun comedic tension. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really good. We're halfway through the season. We'll probably finish this even the season up this weekend if I'm being honest. So oh, yeah. um, renew it for season two, HBO Max, you fucking cowards. Well, speaking of HBO Max and their weird slate of gay content. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, finally, the second half of Young Justice Season 4 Phantoms, or whatever the fuck they're calling it, dropped. And uh, August. Uh-huh. They've got... This is for you, by the way. They made this this season, half season for you. <laughs> because they've got... They've got... Uh-huh. Gay. Uh-huh polyamorous Uh fish people oh fuck yes and i'm not talking about oh they're 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 atlanteans and they live under the sea nah one of these motherfuckers is a goddamn merman other one is a big fish boy i'm so excited this is this is absolutely delightful i don't know if they touched on this last season when i last saw this character but he was talking to like earlier in like one of the episodes he's like this is my wife she's pregnant i'm like oh good i'm glad that that guy finally you know hooked up with somebody i'm glad that he's doing good and then later uh the lady was like uh that's my husband but pointing not to the fish man that i had seen earlier and i'm like what's up with this and then fish man a came in and he was like my husband my wife and i'm like god damn it young justice god fucking damn it you you motherfuckers just creating the best fucking like superhero show period they don't they don't give a fuck about superhero shit anymore like season one of young justice is like oh teens and then like very quickly they're like (laughs) war crimes uh drama soap opera bullshit i'm like god fucking damn it yes give it to me fucking give it to me (laughs) um like this season is just like uh aqualad and i guess he's aquaman now because they're all old also this show should no longer be called young justice all these motherfuckers be in their 20s uh yeah um, well but Aqua, Aqualad, who's Aquaman now, he's just like, his husband is constantly snipping at him. It's hilarious. They also went with the gay Aqualad, which is great. Um, we've got the polyamorous fish people. They're sick. Love them. Um, we've got, uh, like, one of the actual young characters in Young Justice, Halo. She's having uh, a serious... Uh, doubt about like her gender presentation that's real fucking dope and sick uh while also trying to like possibly explore islam and like having a frank discussion about like like getting into islam as a person who is not like uh like you know born into that culture Mm -hmm. uh super dope super love it um also we have a character this season dealing with his depression fucking poorly and they have like an intervention scene and he's a goddamn prick the entire time and it's great it's like wow this feels like a real intervention where he's over this shit uh, he isn't hey, guess what he hasn't hit rock bottom he doesn't give a fuck anymore uh very good it's very just fucking just one of the best superhero cartoons there be that's um, fantastic 
honestly, I'm getting to the point where like maybe Young Justice is our next show after Steven Universe, a show that just gets like it's like HBO Max it, it has just let, let all the I think it's because HBO Max is just desperate to have anyone to drive any level of viewers to the service because it's apparently doesn't perform very great. Mm-hmm. And they tried doing that with like just releasing a bunch of fucking movies for free on the service, and that didn't really work apparently. And also, it made a lot of people mad at them. Um, and so I think they're okay with like it's not in fact edgy content, but it's like alternative content, I guess, or it could be considered edgy. It's shit that's gonna pull headlines. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. Take a Watiti wrote a gay pirate show. Oh, Harley. Quinn and Ivy drive off into the sunset uh, at the end of season two of Harley Quinn. We got that gay Aqualad and he got gay fish polyam folk with him. Uh, So I'm I I think it's probably from like a like a like if you look at it from a a deeper perspective, it's probably craven and crass as any sort of capitalistic decision when it comes to media and art is. But, but we're getting what we want. So <laughs> yeah, we it's do fine. get what we want from this. So, uh, so what I'm saying is, uh, HBO wouldn't it be just like the sickest burn to buy the rights to, of to the Owl House from Disney and just make more Owl House? Just make it, make more. Give me a new Steven Universe series. Just give Rebecca Sugar a uh, uh, hundred million dollars to make a new cartoon. <laughs> Uh, just do it. Bet you won't, losers. Uh, beyond that, I also watched a bunch of video essays. Uh, did we talk about the conspiracy left video essay last time? I don't remember. Like, you may have mentioned it, um, mm-hmm. but I hadn't watched it last time, I don't think, but I have watched it now. Yeah, Sophie from Mars wrote, uh, con- or did a con- wrote. I mean, sh- she did, but I uh, did a conspiracy, uh, uh, a uh, video essay on the conspiracy left. Uh, and if you are vaguely politically aligned like August and I, you will probably uh, find it extremely enjoyable. Uh, and informative. That, and very informative. Uh, beyond that, I've been watching a lot of stuff from Thought Slime, uh, who is a collaborator uh, with um, Sophie from Mars. They do a fun series where they talk to each other. They just they find the wildest bullshit on the Internet to present to each other called The Cringe Corner. I made August watch the one about the cryptocurrencies that one time. Yeah. Um, they did one about this guy who licks frogs. He's God. Um, let's see. What other shit have I watched? Start watching the Moon Knight. How is um, that? I've heard some mixed uh, reactions. I mean, it's not like the greatest representation of somebody who has a disassociative dis- identity disorder, but also I don't know if that's necessarily what they're doing. Um, Moon Knight's been up and down on the DID representation in the comics, just kind of really depending on who the fuck is writing him at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar Isaac is fun. Just watch him just go. Uh, he's playing functionally two different characters. It's really funny. <laughs> Um, I've I've heard that the dialogue is a little lackluster if you uh, are from the UK because they use uh, UK language all wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is uh, one of so this is basically we're starting off with like two personalities like Stephen and Mark who are inside of like, you know, the, the system here. Right. 
and uh steven is british but like i don't know if he's supposed to have come who i don't know who the progenitor in this is that they've been very coy about it like is steven like is steven an offshoot of like mark specter or vice versa um which might explain his goddamn terrible english accent and the fact that he just just says british slang just generic british slang all the time um Mm -hmm. i find it hilarious because it's real bad but oscar isaac is just he's so charming it's real hard to he's kind of he's like saying it with kind of like a wink and a nod and it's easy to get into you know what i mean um i just like some of the cg real bad some of the cg pretty okay uh conchu looks real good um, I like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, Ethan Hawke, yeah. I like Ethan Hawke as the bad guy. Like, the opening scene is, like, Ethan Hawke doing, like, a ritual where he smashes a glass and then puts the glass in his shoes and then wears those shoes. And I'm like, all right, this bad guy seems cool. <laughs> um, so that's all pretty cool. Um, it's getting review bombed because it mentioned the Armenian genocide and said that that was real. And so all the Armenian genocide deniers are like this show is garbage propaganda which it probably is but not for the reasons they're complaining about yeah um if we had our show's take if you want to come review bomb us and get my listener count up uh we also think the armenian genocide was real it was a fucking war crime so uh Let's see. Anything else? Anything else I can think of? Um, nope. Nope. That's it. Cool. Well, uh, it's piss pouring rain outside. We need to get on this before my power goes out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week we are. I, I may have to like legitimately cut out like the sounds of thunder in the background on my recording. It's, re- it's it's fucked up outside right now. It went from like being 80 and very nice to just fucking scary outside. Uh, we're covering episodes uh, 119, 120, and 121. The New Crystal Gems, The Storm or Storm in the Room, and Rock Naldo. Uh, first up, episode 119, The New Crystal Gems, written by Raven Mollesey and Paul Velico. The synopsis, Connie helps look after Beach City while Steven is busy. Fine enough, I guess. Yeah, that's that's um, like a C plus, B minus. Mm-hmm. Episode starts out with the roaming eye uh, returning back to Beach City. Uh, the Jims and Greg exit. Connie comes out of the house embracing Stephen, uh, asking if he's doing okay, commenting on the fact that he got his ears pierced while he was gone. Uh, Stephen says they're doing good uh, and asks Connie how Beach City's been under her watch. Uh, Connie's done some sp- uh, basic spring cleaning um, and starts explaining some other stuff that didn't go so great. Uh, we get a recap of kind of uh, Connie's side of the conversation that we saw in Adventures in Hyperlight Distortion. Um, she was apparently only like 25 minutes away. They really could have waited, I think, frankly. Um, but also, I do believe that Connie's parents will have probably just shit a literal brick if she went to space without telling them. Yeah. Fair. I would also be uh, concerned if my kid went to space and didn't tell me. 
Um, she uh, comes to the house to sort of take over, watching over Beach City at Stephen's behest. Uh, she realizes that somebody's in the house. She goes to the bathroom to find Lapis and uh, Peridot doing totally normal shit. Don't question it. It's just very normal, just very normal things going on inside of there. Yeah. Uh, Connie sort of reintroduces herself to Lapis, who does not recognize her, despite the near murder that she committed on uh, Connie. Um, and they begin kind of talking about what's going on. They, uh, Lapis and Peridot both say that the Crystal Gems entrusted them to watch over Beach City. Connie saying that Stephen did the same to him. Um, Peridot proposes that uh, the four of them, including Pumpkin, uh, should take over the roles of the Crystal Gems. They've been doing such a good job in specialized roles, they could take over those specialized roles. We get Peridot as Garnet, Lapis as Amethyst, Connie as Steven, and Pumpkin as Pearl. Um, we get a little cross-section of uh, the citizens of Beach City. There's a scene in there we're going to talk about. We're going to fucking talk about it. Uh, but otherwise, everything's going okay uh, until the group hears honking down at the car wash. At the car wash, we got Buck. He's got the fucking Marrowmobile. Uh, it's been vandalized almost certainly by Buck, I bet. Uh, <laughs> and the Crystal Gems, uh, the new Crystal Gems, use their uh, specialized powers to clean up the van all good and nice. Um, they return back to the beach house only to be awoken uh, by a cacophony of horns. The word's gotten out about how good they are at doing, uh, doing car washes. Uh, so they show off to do the car wash again. Um, but things go less good this time. They're all really trying to adhere to their roles. Um, but Peridot is critical of Lapis, who... Uh, tries to lighten things up, quote unquote, and joke around, then proceeds to assault all of the citizens of Beach City. Um, an argument ensues, uh, and uh, Yellowtail's truck it gets thrown into the car wash sign. Back at the beach house, the new Crystal Gems are all having an argument. Um, Lapis and Peridot, in particular, are just really fucking going at each other. Um, until Connie sort of yells, calling a stop to this. She explains, like, I don't know how Steven does this. He must be extremely patient because he's got to be the adult in the room with a bunch of these fucking super old children. Um, and she functionally explains, like, hey, we need to stop pretending to be other people and do the things that we're good at uh, to be able to solve this problem. Because we're not the Crystal Gems, we're the Crystal Temps. Uh, so finally, everybody gets their shit back together uh they clean up the car wash uh and make a new sign in the progress process uh presenting it to greg uh they get uh they finally realize that hey we we actually we kind of landed this ship a little bit uh we get a group pose at the end star wipe the end um so um, first comment as always <laughs> mm -hmm. they're so cute they are. Actually, my first comment this time was, fuck this bougie sand. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bougie artificial sand. God, I'm going to get that real working class sand. Yeah. <sighs> Proletaria icon, Greg Universe. Uh. Um... Also, I really like that, like, the only comment, like, Connie's just, uh, surprised Steven got his ears pierced. Not not making any other comments other than, oh, hey, that's weird. And, like, the gender-neutral clothing of the Zoomins, uh, I like that it's not been, like, there's been no negative comments about it, right? Because, like, 
it can generally be kind of read as kind of femme or kind of like androgynous. And typically, like a lot of cartoons would just draw attention to this fact. And I like that Steven Universe uh, just fucking doesn't. They're well, like, yeah, whatever. We have a history of like not drawing attention to Steven when he's wearing clothing that could be considered to be outside of like male gender presentation. That's um, true. So that one Sadie episode with the the pop song. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not entirely uncommon from the standpoint of like how the show has treated Steven in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think that uh, it is interesting because like we've we all agree that it's not very flattering, but the only comment that we really hear about the the zoom in outfit is uh, Amethyst telling Greg he looks good, mm-hmm. um, which and we would agree. He just needs the he doesn't need the little shirt thing. Even if he just had the vest, no shirt, it'd yeah. much improve that outfit. Yeah, show tits, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. uh uh, what uh, extreme? So, what are your guesses for what extremely normal activity Lapis and Peridot were up to in the bathroom? <laughs> um, I mean, frankly, frankly, like trying to flush uh, Peridot down the toilet. Like that seems like the sort of thing that Peridot would have like done while she was living there just to see if she could uh, before she understood exactly what the toilet was. Well, it doesn't even matter like what the toilet is actually for. I think she found that out pretty early on because Steven got like irritated and went ahead and used the bathroom anyway. But uh, well, he's got to pee. I, I feel for him. Yeah. So like no, no shade or anything for Steven, but um, no, uh, yeah, just just trying to flush your roommate down the toilet. That's completely normal. Perfectly. How many times have you you and Anya tried to flush uh, Malia down the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I continue to be charmed by their tenuous grasp on human society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and human social norms and what is supposed to be done with various human uh, artifacts. So uh, it's just the the show does it very well because it's not it, it never gets to the point of being annoying and uh, you know, it's not too over the top. I, I like they play it pretty well for comedy. Mostly, again, lapis lazuli, lazuli uh, pastel goth icon. Uh, yeah, I try to drown a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote that down too. Yeah, <laughs> fucking iconic line. Yes, very good. Um, yeah, I I was trying to think and. I can't recall any other time that that Lapis really would have had and Lapis and Connie would have had really any other interaction. Although yeah, it's interesting to me that Lapis didn't. Well, 
Lepus is not particularly interested in humans or humanity. So even if Steven was talking about Connie frequently, the fact that she doesn't really know or care who Connie is makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Get definitely. down. No. I'm, I'm you heard you heard August's audience. I need you to dance right now. Oh my boogie, god. Boogie woogie. Um so, uh, how if Connie wasn't here, if we proposed the thought that Lapis and Peridot had to watch over Beach City by themselves, unsupervised, how long until Beach City was a smoking cinder? 48 hours. Within the first 48 hours. Seems extremely generous. <laughs> I feel like Lapis would just, like... There would be a, like a lot of noise and lapis like there'd be a trap one traffic jam like a fucking squirrels in the middle of the road in, in the one road in Beach City. Right. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of honking and in lapis is like, oh, my God, they're so fucking loud. And then she just like scrapes Beach City from the face of the fucking earth with a giant wave. <laughs> uh, yeah, that tracks. Uh Biggest, frankly, biggest topic of this discussion topic of this episode. Hey, Sa- Sadie. Sadie, girl. Sadie. You what deserve you better. You deserve better. Get, throw this trash boy in the garbage. Put him in a trash can. Yeah. Stop, stop trying to hold his hand. Well, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to be discreet or what. They both don't look like they want to be holding hands. Uh, but there definitely are. It's like, God damn it, Sadie. Girl. Stop. Move on from this dumb boy. Yeah. <sighs> also, I do... big shout out. Oh, go on. Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a big shout out to Lapis's voice actor who is just just having a goddamn ball this particular episode doing impressions of everybody. Yes, uh, I I do deeply enjoy the ow, uh, the indirect characterization that we get here by way of the ways in the ways in which these characters focus on different aspects of the people that they're role playing as. Um, It's uh, deeply entertaining to me. Um, shit, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Oh, here's an interesting piece of trivia. Um, the fact that Peridot is Garnet in Lapis is Amethyst to begin with. Um, uh, their, their voice actors initially auditioned for those particular roles, respectively. <laughs> what so that's a strange fun. what a strange world that could have been i don't i cannot imagine i could maybe see lapis's vo like pulling off like the amethyst characterization i cannot imagine anyone other than estella's garnet yeah yeah Absolutely. But yeah, sorry, what were you saying? 
I can't remember. I lost okay. my train of thought. No worries. Um, just a good characterization through through bad characterization of other people. Yeah, it's very um, fun. So mm-hmm. I don't. Well, okay. I don't know how Greg Universe survived before he got before he became a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the superwash is only three dollars. Buck Dewey gave Connie four dollars, so he tipped a thirty-three percent tip. But it's not like the car wash is ever busy. So what the fuck, Greg? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how Greg paid the bills. Like maybe he owns the building Lock, Stock, and Barrel, and he's probably stopped paying on his van. He probably paid off that van years ago, right? Yeah. But a man's um, gotta eat. Gotta eat. I don't know if he's making enough money to cover the cost of water to run the fucking car wash. Yeah. Greg sells weed. That feels right. Yeah. I don't know if he's he's obviously buying it second, like, he's buying it from somebody wholesale. Because uh, he's not growing weed in the van. Um, probably tried to at some point. Probably didn't end well. Uh, can't put grow lights in a van. They run down the yeah. battery. Get yeah. way too hot. Uh, uh, but Gre- Greg strikes me as the beach city hookup. Like he goes over to Ocean Town. He buys like a big bag of weed and he breaks it down and he sells it specifically to Buck Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that also tracks. Uh, there we go. We figured it out. <laughs> yeah. That's the only explanation that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun, this is a fun little episode. Like, I like that it, it's the most, like, kids showy that it's been in a hot minute. Like, yeah. with the very explicit lesson at the end. But it's like, it's a good, it's not like it's a bad lesson. It's like, you're it's, going to be better at solving problems using your own strengths than trying to assume the model that somebody else wants you to be. Yeah. It was also, uh, it was also very nice to see the show actively acknowledge, yes, we know that Steven is the adult in the room when it comes to the gems, and that's not a good thing. Oh, yeah, I did. I did write that down. Like, Connie's saying the quiet part loud right here. Yeah, because, like, that is definitely something that kids end up, you know, in that situation and, and seeing it represented as not being a good thing you know, is good. Mm-hmm. Like, explicitly stated. Like, I don't think the show has made any bones about, you know, the the fact that Steven has to be the adult being good, but... Yeah, he's real... Like, frankly, he's been in this mode since the... What is it called? The test? The one where the Crystal Gems, like, tested his powers or what have you, and it was like a fake test... Yeah, they were they had we had this talk about the the gyms just feeling like they were absolute failures as parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just really been on that fucking grind since then. Yeah. Uh, But I I know like this is a good episode to put at the end of the fucking the zoo arc because uh, holy shit, did you need a decompression from that? Everything. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um. So, but, uh, do we have anything else for, uh, the new Crystal Gems? 
Uh, Connie wearing Steven's clothes was cute. A it's little weird, cute. but it was very cute. Um. Oh, uh, what, on a, a scale of one to ten, how would you rank Connie's initial Steven speech? The one about love. Gold star, you tried. <laughs> fucking, fucking rough. Uh, that was that. That feels worse. I gave Connie a five out of ten. I feel like that's at least honest. Yours, oh God, Jesus, that was me- like searing. August, <laughs> she's a child. Holy fuck, she was she was doing her best. Her best was not the best. <laughs> fuck, but... Jesus, you're not. <laughs> Connie just quit school. She's so depressed now from your comments. <sighs> Alrighty. I think she knows that it's not her strong suit. Uh, Fair enough. I mean, she did by the end of the episode, so. Moving on to episode 120, Storm in the Room. This one was written by Colin Howard and Jeff Liu. Steven goes into his room in the temple to look for answers. Uh, I mean, that's why he goes into the room. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe that's what happens in the room. (laughs) The yeah. episode starts out with Steven and Connie. We pick up pretty much immediately after the last episode. Um, Connie uh, and Steven are basically like waiting for Connie's mom to show up. Uh, Connie calls her mom, who does not answer. Steven's like, oh, well, this gives us a chance to hang out some more. And Connie's like, I don't know. You just went through some extremely heavy shit, bruh. Do you want to spend some time alone? Steven's like, fuck no. I don't want to decompress my trauma. Why the fuck would I want to do that? Um... So they hang out, uh, they do some, uh, a lot of little games, and Connie is getting increasingly more and more nervous about her mom, um, not picking up her phone. It's just, it's weird activity. It seems like it's only a couple of hours, I would say, like, judging by how time passes, but Connie is definitely getting more and more nervous about the situation with her mom, worried that something may have happened to her, uh, until Connie's mom finally shows up, giving an explanation that, oh, her phone went dead and a patient went long, just like a whole bunch of little things went wrong. Um, they embrace Connie, saying that she got real nervous, and uh, Dr. Mahesh Warren sort of apologizing for that. Um, Stephen looks on, uh, sad about mom things, you know, like a Stephen be doing. Um, after Connie leaves, uh, Steven goes and he takes a shower, finally gets out of his, like, uh, zoom-in fit. Uh, he makes himself some macaroni and cheese. Uh, he sits down on the couch like he usually does and is a little weirded out by the giant picture of his mom staring down, smiling at him after everything that's happened. So he's like, I'm going to go the fuck outside. He goes outside. It's actually a pretty nice out- night outside. He goes to eat his, uh, macaroni and cheese and all hell breaks loose outside in a storm. Um, he moves back inside. His goddamn macaroni cheese is ruined. And Stephen again, looks at the picture of his mom and is like, you're always up there. You're always smiling, but I don't know if that's the real you. I don't want to know the you that everyone tells me about. I just want to know the real you. All I want are answers. Then his gym clothes in the Eldritch room uh, of nightmares is like, Stephen, I'll come show you the truth. Come inside. And then Stephen fucking does because uh, everything good happens inside that goddamn room. Mm hmm. He goes inside and basically is like, hey, room, I want to talk to my mom. And a Rose Quartz shows up. Uh, He does some activities with Rose. Uh, They play some video games. They play some sports. There is a hilarious uh, Rose Quartz, everybody is special and great uh, speech about sports in there. 
Um, and then they kind of sit down together. Uh, Steven uh, embraces his mom, like has like a real tender moment with his mom for like the first time and just has a goddamn breakdown. Uh, kid has been probably imagining this entire scenario his entire life. And he finally gets to have it. Um, wanting to commemorate this moment, he decides to take a picture only to realize, oh yeah, this room is an illusion. All of this is an illusion. This is not you. This isn't the real you. It's the idealized version of you that I have in my head. Um, and then he lets all of his frustrations with his mother go, um, telling her that she's a liar, uh, that she hurt people, that she left these people behind, and all of the mistakes that she made are falling on him. And he wonders, is this my even? Is this my purpose? Is it my purpose to kind of shoulder all of these burdens that you didn't want to deal with? Um, and then Room Rose is like, Stephen, do you believe that? Um, I left that video for you, and it said that. I was overjoyed just for you to be you. Do you believe that I, what I said in that video was true? And Steven's like, yeah. And uh, so they embrace, but Steven's like, listen, I know you didn't want me to have to deal with all of this, but unfortunately now you're gone and I, you're part of me and I'm going to have to. Uh, poof. Steven returns to his, the saddest bowl of macaroni and cheese in existence. Um Decides to take a nap when the gyms and Greg burst in. Greg, again, proving that he's just the best fucking dad in all of television, uh, has brought Steven a pizza. He apologizes, saying that they only had mushrooms uh, instead of pepperoni, and he hopes that it's fine. Steven replies, it's perfect. Star wipe the end. Oh, Ooh, boy. Just, whoo, Lord almighty. Um, this time, my first note, these cuties. Yeah. They're so cute. Relinquishing Steven's bed back to him. Very cute. It's adorable. Um. The, just the, uh, the start of this episode is really fucking good. Because for one, it's like up until Connie leaves, it's like Steven desperately trying not to talk about his feelings. Um. Mm hmm but also like paralleling uh how un um, like how emotionally available but like Steven is to other people but very closed off with his own emotions uh like paralleling Connie's concerns about her mother to Steven's concerns about Greg like Connie allowing herself to be vulnerable to like to to detail all these things that she she's feeling in the moment to be a fucking kid who's worried about her fucking parent because she's like 13 years old, you know? Um, when, but doing this to Steven, to confiding in somebody that like she trusts and knows will understand. And we saw Steven bottle it all up until he had an absolute breakdown the moment that he was alone. Uh, thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also, universe Connie, in to remind us that these are fucking children. <laughs> Connie has anxiety. Oh yeah, D yeah. Have you met Connie Maheshwarn? <laughs> I mean, it's just it. It's always fun when the when the show reminds us anxiety is a thing that exists, and Connie has. Mm -hmm. Like she's extremely down, but also extremely scared about situations she doesn't have. Specifically situations she can't take direct control over. Like, Connie, we'll fucking fight you. Uh, uh, but we'll be worried if she knows somebody else is in a fight. 
Yes. Uh, the shower scene, fucking devastating, Steven Universe. Holy shit. That yeah. kid is so tired and it's so fucking sad. Just absolute weight of the world on this fucking 14 year old boy. And they just like it's a real simple animation change, but just like making his eyes less big and putting the little lines under there just makes him look so fucking tired. And it just like is crushing. <laughs> and we it's get really like, good. We get sad little like we get like not sad, but sad little animation cues too. like that extremely practiced motion of going from the microwave to the other counter of like that fluid motion of like pulling the stool that he's done a thousand times because this gets alone a lot. I did. Uh, I did deeply enjoy the fact that he went for the microwave uh, mac and cheese just as like almost a regression mm-hmm. in a way uh, since we've watched him kind of graduate from the microwave meals at the beginning to being more and more adventurous with trying to create food for himself. And now, you know, we're right back to he's a lonely little kid doing mac and cheese in the microwave. Mm -hmm. And it's just like him wanting to find comfort in a thing that is normal for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that normal thing for him is real fucking sad. Real sad normal for Steven Universe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just the cacophony of terrible events to ruin Steven's macaroni. They make that macaroni and cheese look destroyed, too. They're like, no yeah. bones about it. This mac and cheese fucked. I feel so bad for him. It's like, that was, that was just heartbreaking. Uh, Poor kid just wanted some comfort food. If so, this is my advice to you, dear viewer. Um, if you are if you're ever sad and you're like, I want to know the truth about something, and then a door opens up, don't go in that door. Nothing good's in that door. Only bad things in the door that opens if you want truth. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, this is, frankly, this episode, fucking phenomenal. This is a phenomenal fucking episode of television. Yes. Um, Um, I would, I would say it's, it's probably some of the best characterization we get of Steven mm -hmm. thus far. Um, just the way that, the way that the show depicts his interiority without, like, explicitly like showing his thoughts, um, you know, having his thoughts on camera mm-hmm. uh, was really good. Um, and like the crew universe knows what they're doing when they're trying to tug at your heartstrings. They're very effective at it. Just like th- like Steven just having a full breakdown when he's like, I'm going to hug my mom for like the first time, basically. Like uh-huh. this fucking kid is having a fucking on one uh also the rose quartz monologue about sports fucking per pitch goddamn perfect the show knows the show is very aware of all the criticisms about the show at this point in time <laughs> like they've gotten deep enough into their own lore that they don't mind taking the piss out of themselves it's really good um 
So I do, I do still think that there's some element of Rose in the room still. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's in the room or still in the gym, like some like lingering amount of Rose's consciousness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the room reacts to like thought and emotion. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there's I, I don't think I think the show's done a very good job of casting doubt onto whether or not things in the room are holy steven mm-hmm. um and i think that it's done a good job of of raising the specter of what if rose were actually somehow still not in control but like somehow still affecting it yeah because like obviously it's the idealized version of rose basically all i i feel like it is Steven's conceptualization of what his mom would have been like um, mm-hmm. all the way up into that last little monologue from Rose about the videotape. Because that feels like yeah. Rose talking. That doesn't feel like Steven talking. Yeah. And we even we even get a little bit of a shift in like mm-hmm. her character design almost. It seems like like she looked kind of blobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was soft most and of the round episode. and inviting before. Like she had very yeah. soft features that were very welcoming. She was French shaped. Yeah, but she wasn't like she was. I don't want to use the term off model because mm-hmm. we already know how we feel about that. But right. she did not look like the picture. She did right. not look like the portrait. She didn't look like previous depictions of Rose. Yeah. Like she obviously was close, but like had like 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 you said, had softer, rounder features. Um, like she was made out of clouds, you know? Yeah. And like, even her color palette was, was shifted a bit. She was almost entirely stark white. Like, you know, it's, but the shift in the way that she is depicted by the, the show makes it clear that if there is something of Rose still, affecting this scenario that's when it happened yeah and i I, like i fully believe room rose here like i don't think i don't think that rose had steven to like pass her burdens off to i the crystal gems i don't think ever thought homeworld was ever coming back um but also rose doesn't is historically just a person who is really bad about understanding the consequences of her actions um Mm -hmm. Because I think, like, were Rose around, she would be very much, I think that she would care and support and love Steven. I don't think she would be, like, a mean or shitty mom. Or, or shitty, a shitty mom in, like, an emotional way. Mm-hmm. Um, but she done fucked up. <laughs> she did a lot of bad things. And just because you're nice to, like, a few people doesn't excuse your bad shit. Yeah. And I like that we get some catharsis for Steven, but not a resolution. Like, he's not, he's going to continue to go out there and have to, he, in fact, uh, we will find out shortly, he's not, like, 
this isn't going to relieve him of the burden of his mother's sins. He's going to double down on that shit. Uh, because he thinks all of, he still thinks that it's his job to bear this fucking cross. Now, given, I mean, that's not Roomrose's fault. <laughs> this is an illusion created by a weird space, space room. But, you know, it's nice that Steven at least got to, like, let some shit out. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to see the show acknowledge the fact that Rose committed r- war crimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and, the show, I don't think the show has ever been terribly coy about that. It thinks that Rose is a real not great person. And they get way more explicit about that when they we get to future. But, like, they're pretty explicit that, like, Rose was a complicated person who did a lot of bad shit, who tried to make yeah. up for it. Who tried to who tried to do the right thing, uh, like did not do a lot of that bad shit from a place of militian, um, but did in fact do it and kind of didn't deal with it for a long fucking time. Yeah, let me rephrase. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's it's good to see that Stephen acknowledges that his mom committed war crimes. Yeah, yeah. Stephen coming to a realization that his mom. Like, he's been slowly coming to this, but, like, fully accepting, like, my mom is a complicated person, to say the very fucking least. So. Um, let's see. Do we have anything else for Storm in the Room? Uh. Oh, Greg... Continues to be TV's best dad. Great dad. Yes. Greg's just a fucking great dad. Yes. All dads should be a strive to be Greg universe. You've got two good dad options, all right? You can either be, I guess three. You can either be four. I'm sorry, I'm remembering some better dads. You can either be a Greg <laughs> universe, a Bob Berger. I forgot Burbs Letcher. Belcher. Belcher. Um... Uh, Piccolo and or Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Greg Universe or, or Bob Belcher is is more within my reach than Piccolo or Vegeta, though. I feel like Piccolo is like TV's best stepdad. Yeah. Piccolo has big stepdad energy. Like, he's got to fix all this bullshit that Goku did. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh my god, cats don't do not. <laughs> do not. Ow. What's he doing? He was uh starting to mess with uh the audio interface. <laughs> Get him, little cat. He's the means of production. No. <laughs> Re- listen, revolution will come. It will not be comfortable. <laughs> We all I guess, must make I guess, sacrifices. I guess Little Bit wants to seize the the means of podcast production. Mm-hmm. He he has his own opinions about Steven Universe. <laughs> all right. So moving on to episode one twenty one, uh, Rocknaldo. Uh, this one was written by Hillary from Laredo and Jesse Zook. Ronaldo sets out to find the, all the rock people living in Beach City. That's bullshit. That's not even remotely is, what happens. That's not even close no. to what happens. He wasn't trying to find no. them. He's under the impression he found them. 
I mean, he did find them. Yeah. Like, he knows exactly where they live. Like, right? That's bullshit. This is F. This is F tier. This is a lie. Yeah. This is what it is. The only true part about there is Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. Um, this episode begins with Steven. He's taken in Beach City. He's glad to be the fuck back on Earth. Ronaldo's ha- ha- handing out some whack-ass pamphlet. Um, it's about rock people. It's technically about the crystal gems because he's conflated a whole bunch of garbage in his head. He thinks that the I mean, it's actually not a terrible thing to think like, oh, okay, all of these rock based monsters, they're different from the crystal gems. I feel like I can understand where he comes to that conclusion, Um, but he's fucking wrong. So fuck Ronaldo, uh, basically. Uh, Steven sort of like brings Ronaldo's attention to this like hey the all of these things are I'm a crystal gem like all of the monsters that we fight they're also crystal gems we're all crystal gems and Ronaldo I guess to his credit is like oh shit I fucked up um and goes back to rethink his decisions but like any kind of like piece of shit uh performative ally he makes it the whole situation about how bad he feels about fucking up he exits the internet uh, only to immediately return to the internet. I got a great Pearl screenshot this week. Um, uh, Malia says that you try to flush her down the toilet at least twice a week. Or at least weekly, August. So who's 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 telling the truth here, August? I feel like the <laughs> allegations, the, the patently untrue allegations... <laughs> Also, uh, she said weekly, not twice weekly. I'm sorry. I did misread that. I don't want to mischaracterize it. You do try to flush your roommate weekly, though, apparently. <laughs> I, I I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny. Uh, um, <laughs> uh so, uh, Rocknal or Ronaldo, sorry, I keep referring to him as Rocknaldo. Um, he decides, uh, as penance, he's gonna join the Crystal Gems for stupid boy reasons. Uh, he moves into the beach house. Steven's like, hey, maybe we should accept him. He's like the only person outside of Connie who's ever shown interest in the shit that we do. Um, and Garnet's Garnet begins clapping, uh, I think because she sees the future and finds this entire situation hilarious and wants to see it play out. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Steven starts kind of explaining, giving a rundown to Ronaldo about, uh, crystal gem stuff. Uh, Ronaldo picks his gym Sona. He's bloodstone. Uh, cause it's just so edgy. I fucking, this episode's goddamn gold, frankly. Uh. Um, he's got a sword. He bought at Del Marva con, uh, he begins sort of like low-key getting ready to go on training. Um, the Crystal Gems go on a mission, but they leave Ronaldo behind because of fucking course they do. Uh, when they return, Ronaldo's real bitter about being left behind. He starts talking about like what a real Crystal Gem would do. And this is the crux of the episode. Uh, Steven will do something and Ronaldo will be like, well, if uh, a real Crystal Gem would do X or a real Crystal Gem would do Y, even though he's real goddamn late to this fucking party, um, even claiming that Connie sort of ripped off his shit or that he deserves this sort of shit until finally Steven sort of explodes at Ronaldo and Ronaldo's like, well, that's not very loving and caring of you. Steven's like, oh, shit, I'm going to go think about this. And while he's outside, he's like, wait a fucking second. Yo, fuck this dude. Me not being caring and accepting. So he goes back inside and gives Ronaldo a piece of his mind and, quote, truths him so hard he kills him. 
if only. Uh, Ronaldo has actually, in fact, passed out because he's not been sleeping because Crystal Gems don't sleep or fucking whatever. Uh, they literally dump Ronaldo on his dad's for- his dad's doorstep. Uh, pretty great. Reminds me of a situation I'll tell you about later. Um, and uh, Steven Renal- returns later. Ronaldo apologizes, saying that he was being a real jerk, uh, though doesn't seem to have learned his lesson. Uh, saying that he's the ultimate outsider. But he has fortunately created a new pamphlet, basically saying that, yo, the Crystal Gems, they're pretty cool. Um, uh, He also asks uh, Steven, yo, like, why don't you go by your Crystal Gem name? Uh, And he goes, well, that was my mom's name. Pretty much the only people who call me that are people who want to murder me. He's like, oh, that's rough, buddy. Do you want me to put that in the pamphlet? And he's like, no, thank you. Starwipe, the end. Hey, how did they do this? How did they write a good Ronaldo episode? Mm, <laughs> I'm not sure I would go that far. I, I think but it, I think it's the best Ronaldo episode so far. I don't know because I liked uh, the the Rising Tides one. I thought that one was was pretty interesting. Did we do the um, the haunted house one? Was pretty fun. That was not a full on Ronaldo episode, though. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't a Ronaldo episode. That was that was just uh, uncool teen kids. Yeah. I think um, this episode better, more so than previous Ronaldo centric episodes, where Ronaldo is the lesson we're supposed to learn, is much clearer about the thing it's trying yes. to teach using Ronaldo. Yes. Um, um, they falter in a couple of places, uh, but I think fully throughout this thing, Ronaldo's painted as a goddamn prick and a very particular type of prick. Yes. Um, as always, my main issue. No. We'll never, we'll uh, never as- learn what August's main issue is, audience. <laughs> As always, my main issue with like the way that Ronaldo gets portrayed mm-hmm. is he the type of person that he is satirizing has turned out to be a much more dangerous person than the caricature would let on. Mm-hmm. Um like you know buying a fucking anime sword at at a convention you know you practically can smell the axe body spray and you you know you guarantee you're guaranteed that that boy owns a fucking trench coat and a trilby that he calls a fedora i'm sure Um, we've seen that actually those two items yeah like you know it's and I'm sure that some of this is colored by my experience with that type of person, too, mm-hmm. now that I think about it. But just, yes, he's clearly a prick. He is clearly in the wrong, which is good. I, they, they but, say, I like that they really commit to painting him as fully in the wrong for, like, 99% of this episode. I don't super love the ending, but it's also like, they can't just write Ronaldo off forever. They could, they should, but they don't. Um, yeah. They hired the actor. It's not the actor's fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And, you know, maybe it could they, they could use it as like sometimes people do goddamn finally actually learn a fucking lesson when you truth them yeah. so hard. So, um, yeah. And I think the ultimate lesson of, you know, you can be tolerant, but that doesn't mean you have to tolerate like harmful shit. Right. Is and, really good. And specifically that when you are of like a tolerant, accepting, particularly leftist movements um people like people who do not have your best interest in mind will co-opt the language of the thing that you do to use against you Mm -hmm. like that was my most like this is this is a real like i like i don't love the characterization of ronaldo and some of that boils down to like it's a kid show what are you gonna do sometimes right yeah you can only resolve things in a certain number of ways um especially because you've got a Steven Universe doesn't necessarily need to return to the status quo a la a Simpsons, but you do need to reach some kind of level of status quo so you can come back to these characters that you want to use in the future. Yeah. Um, but I think this is the clearest, like, teaching kids by showing them exactly the fucking thing they need to be aware of and making mm-hmm. it extremely clear. Like, there's no... There's, like, no ambiguity about the actions that Ronaldo's taking through, like, 90% of this episode. It's very clear. It's very representative of shit that's going to happen in real life. And I think it's really good for its target audience to see. Yes. Especially considering what Steven Universe is like. Steven Universe's main themes are, like, restorative justice and understanding and emotional availability. And uh, they need to, like, it's good that they showed the pitfalls and the kind of people that you like the, the snake oil salesmen and con men who are going to come in, try and infiltrate that movement and make it about themselves. It does fall down a little bit because they definitely are like telling a minority story here. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, again, the, the staff, primarily the staff of Steven universe's like writing team. They're not, they're not white folk. They're not necessarily straight folk, a significant number of them. Like they do come from like minority backgrounds, a large portion of the staff. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things that the way that it gets presented falls flat. And again, like this is, this is the problem of, trying to cram everything into 11 minutes most of the time they're very good at it but sometimes they take these swings that really need room to breathe and i think that if they had gone with the way that they chose to kind of offhandedly frame this as a story about minorities is was uh not good (laughs) It, it didn't opinion. even really feel like it, it feel like it started off with that and then moved into like more of like a like a political movement allegory, which makes it even weirder yeah. because it's like, the, why do it that way? Then they should like, just start it, like if they had kept it like if they had kept it the begin like if they had framed it from the beginning, him like framing the rock like instead of it being quote unquote rock people, him creating some kind of like evil secondary organization that the crystal gems fight you know what i mean yeah uh and it framing about the crystal gems functionally being revolutionaries i think it would have been it would have because it's only like the first five minutes but then it muddies the whole waters 
not yeah. even the first five minutes. I forget how short the episode. That's half the episode. It's the first three minutes. Um, but it does, like, the whole rock people thing, like, muddies the waters. Um, yeah. But once he's... Which is... Yeah. It's it's interesting because, you know, they've got the the anti-racism PSAs that, that they've done, and those were pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, we know the Crewniverse can do that kind of thing it just they it, you know it this particular instance it just it sucks yeah. like it, it, the script needed a second like needed a second or third pass here yeah because it, it's a small change that could have fixed like it's a small change that would have i think again i don't necessarily love the ending but again where i understand that's a constraint of like the, the form that's not Mm-hmm. You can only do some goddamn much, right? But, like, right now, uh, like, as, as it is, I think they really do a very good job at doing the thing that I think that w- was their idea to set out to be about how people co-opt and infiltrate movements and make them about themselves, center the voice that is not the the, the person who's supposed to be at the center of this movement, and so on and yeah. so forth. Um, but they, yeah, that part, they should have, they should have picked one of those two lanes. If they wanted to be like a race thing, fine. I think they definitely have the room to tell that story considering like the people, uh, like the people who are on their writing staff. Cause I, I, I'm sure these two wrote and storyboarded it, but I'm sure it's not like, uh, it's not a closed loop between just two writers, you know, no writer's room is. Just because you're because they also like they're more than easy. They can more than easily reach out to other members of the staff um, who have like if they don't have what they think is enough experience to do so Um, Mm -hmm. or frame it more entirely about it being a movement sort of idea. There's not half and half. It, It weakens both halves. When it could, like, when, frankly, when it gets to the meat of the bone, like, gets to the meat of the subject, and they start doing the thing that they're meant to do, I think they fucking knock it out the park. I think it's really yes. good. Um, and I think, yeah. I, I don't necessarily hate the ending. I don't think it's the strongest ending. But I think, like, Ronaldo coming to some level of, um, some level of, like, realization that he, he fucked up, Right. Like, I think it's at least good that they show, like, okay, sometimes people are going to be real shitty about it. And sometimes you can explain to those people, like, hey, you're making this, like, you're centering yourself in this thing when you're not really, this, like, you're not, you're an ally, you're not the movement, you know? And sometimes people can take that to heart and get, make changes and get better. And I think it's it's probably good to show that explaining things to people does, in fact, work. Um it's also Steven Universe is an optimistic show. <laughs> They're very optimistic mm-hmm. about how good, how well explaining that people fucked up to people works. But also it's a it, it it's meant to be hopeful. It's meant to be a hopeful show. Uh, I can't help that I'm just a cold hearted piece of shit. Yeah, mood. Um, no, I mean, I personally felt like the ending worked. Yeah for for what they were doing and like you said for the the constraints of like a being a kid show and b 
being what it is as Steven Universe, I feel like the ending worked. It made sense. Like, I hate Ronaldo, but, you know, this is the kind of, this is in line with the kind of stories they tell, and it didn't feel like it was, you know, a particularly out of place ending by any stretch. And just, it, the thing that's frustrating about the, like, literally, it's like literally the first three minutes of the episode. <laughs> like, um, is they get, like, they got 90% of the way when, if they had made a, literally, a, like, a super small adjustment that does not fundamentally change the episode, they would have had, like, a 100% good episode. Like, knocked it the fuck, yeah. like, just absolute S-tier episode of a children's cartoon. And yeah. as it is, it's an A. Like, it's not bad by any stretch. It's just the, because it does everything so well, it makes this one flaw in this episode extremely glaring. Yeah. Honestly, this will be yeah. an S-tier episode out of any other cartoon. Again, Steven Universe sets its own bar extremely high. Yeah, and I mean, like, this would be the best common... episode of uh, this would be literally the best episode of My Little Pony ever created. <laughs> oh, my God. My Little Pony could never. <laughs> like, I love My Little Pony, but they could never. No, like legitimately, this would be just be the, the most the, the best episode in the history of My Little Pony if they could pull something like this off. Yeah. And this is just like this is above average for Steven Universe. This isn't even like. Yeah, this isn't, it's not a bad episode. No. It is, it's just it is not, yeah. Yeah, it's not, ah, shit, what was the last episode that I really felt, I want to say it was the one with, with Lapis and Steven and Greg out uh, on the boat. Yeah. Um, And again, like the, the thing that, is frustrating is just because they took a particular swing that they didn't have enough room to breathe with. And like, yeah. Cause like the lapis, the lapis and Jasper interaction easily could have been two episodes, like yeah. a build up and then giving the confrontation with lapis and, or the confrontation between lapis and, and Jasper. It's full, like a full episode to dissect. I get why they wouldn't do that with Ronaldo. The, the fans would not want two Ronaldo episodes oh, back no. to back. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, it, it seriously just had to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. I feel like ultimately focusing on the aspects of like a bad actor mm -hmm. coming into a, coming into a group and, you know, co-opting it and making it about them like focusing on that, I feel like was the the right call, mm -hmm. but you know they should have just committed to that. Like like we said, it's you know it should have been one or the other. They you know there are ways that they could have gotten to that point at the start of the episode without having to make it a minority thing. Yeah, I I think honestly if they had just really refocused the front front part of the episode to like like Ronaldo's handing out pamphlets about you know and like the 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 bad the quote unquote his version of the bad guys um mm -hmm. or something along those lines um 
are, you know, by saying that they're entirely different or something, just like not posing them differently. Right. And then Steven is like, no, 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 we're not this. We're like maybe he frames like instead of like saying that the crystal, like saying, oh, the crystal gems, they're in fact from Earth and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like he make he conflates yeah. where they're from incorrectly, and Stephen explains to them like, no, no, the crystal gems they're these you know they're this they were this revolutionary force inside of this dogmatic empire, and Ronaldo's like, oh my god, I've mischaracterized these people, you know, these outsiders fighting mm. for their individuality, and then then we get then basically the episode happens from there, yeah. So, and hey, they're cranking out cartoons real hard like it's real easy to sit and be like ah you fuck you done fucked up but you know that's what we're here yeah. for we've got the hindsight yeah that that that's the point of like media criticism mm-hmm. and media analysis is to engage with what's there and if what's there could be improved upon then you know we can comment on that that's our prerogative yeah i hey hey hbo max let the entire crudiverse have a second shot at a cartoon. <laughs> I would love to see what they do uh, with a second go. <sighs> All right. Well, anything else about Ronaldo? Uh, oh, big shout out to Pearl who calls Ronaldo just so many funny fucking names in this episode. It's so good. Rock Fryman. It- fry bloodman (laughs) it's it's so good um my my other uh the other thing that's very silly that i enjoyed was uh that texting pd constitutes letting his parent know that he's lying face down on the doorstep of the fry shop Mm -hmm. how much the christians do not give a dusty fuck about ronaldo they would leave him to die in the cold they don't care yeah. I mean, I can't blame them. Fuck him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but just the locales are like, eh, hey, we dumped it. We got him here. Away. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Mostly, most of my notes were just litigating how terrible Ronaldo is. Mm-hmm. So... All right. Well, next time we are covering episodes 122, 123, and 124, Tiger Philanthropist, Room for Ruby, and Lion 4 alternate ending. Oh, I'm very interested for Room for Ruby. Oh, boy. Oh, that's going to be funny. I love the episode. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then this like we've got two more episodes in this season. Oh like shit. Next week uh, or next time and then the time after that and we're done with this season. We need to come up with something we're going to watch in the mean in the in between. We haven't thought about that at fucking all. That's not true. We've thought about it quite a bit. Uh We just haven't decided on anything yet. Um We will not have a guest unfortunately for next next week. Uh the guest did not got famous in the in-between time of me starting to talk to them and now um (laughs) (laughs) uh should have really locked them in and paid them that's why i should have done um uh but that's it uh let's see what's happened over in ftl land august 
Uh, nothing too fancy. Um, by the time this comes out, uh, the the first of our six arcs and a movie arcs has uh, concluded. Y'all should listen to it. It's really good. It's arc 62. Um, season six continues apace. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too fancy. We're just, uh, kicking ass and taking names. Hell yeah. Um, we just started, we'll be on episode, oh, you'll be listening to episode two of the new season of the room where will have come out and it's going to be like, it'll finish up the, uh, the faction game. Uh, and I think you guys are really going to like that. Uh, the faction game is very fun and gets to some real weird shit. Um, then August and I are playing Titanfall again. So come, come watch us yep. do that. It's fun. Titanfall. Good game. I feel like I'm better at Titanfall than the last time we played Titanfall. I feel like I yeah, died a lot I, more. <laughs> I I think you might be right. I'm also deeply invested in like Ashland's reactions mm-hmm. to Titanfall 2 because I know how I feel about Titanfall 2, so it's like it's nice to have that and and watch somebody else who hasn't seen it uh potentially be destroyed. Um Let's see. Then after that, I think we're going to play like a there's like a mech, kind of like an XCOM mech game that I saw. But I'm going to see if it's out of early access, because right now it's got like a lot of good mechanics and not a whole lot of story. Um, so, but maybe we can just like do a make our own story thing. I don't know. Uh, Got to find a new mech game to play after this, basically. There's a lot, though, that I want to play. <laughs> so it's, it's okay. Um... Hey, eventually we still need to Kubrick, uh, odd world. Yeah. Uh, Hey, game designers make a mech, make a Titanfall game that feel good with mech like Titanfall. Fuck. I forgot how fun it is to just be a scorch. Uh, that you would just mech with just a big robot with a flamethrower is dope. It's so good. Anyways. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I think that's it. Anything else we're missing? Uh, I can't think of anything. Oh, I remember the new, the cartoon news I was going to talk about at the beginning. Like new what car- is the cartoon new news? cartoon news August Tennessee le- legislature doesn't think trans kids should play in the, the 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 gender sports that they think they should be in but they don't give a fuck about having age restrictions on marriage laws. <laughs> yeah, Yo, I heard about that. Fuck this state. Yeah. Fuck all state legislatures. Yeah, uh-huh. Fuck them all. Every goddamn one of them. Maybe we should just dissolve the concept of the state. I don't know. Uh, as I get older, my political leanings become more red, but not in the way that my parents probably thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I believe it's your turn, August. I believe you're correct. 
Uh, in which case, dear listeners, I request of you to be like Cookie Cat and leave your family behind. Peace. Peace.